the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. <laughs> With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Time to welcome in Joe Ingles, brought to you by your hard-working friends and Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Joe, you really went above and beyond. I've talked to you for uh, many, many times about have a good game, make sure it's a win for you, come on, so we can joke around, but... 27. You you were on fire right from the start. You hit that three for five nothing, and it was go time. <laughs> I mean, we've been a constant uh, thing on our whiteboard as the the year goes on. We have to win before I do radio, and um, I got a a bit of a late uh, text that it was going to be possibly tomorrow instead of Thursday Friday, and so we just had to do what we had to do. <laughs> Do you have any idea how many points you're scoring? Because obviously you tied your career high. You took a late three that did not go in. Were you aware of that? Or you, obviously, I know you don't care of it about it, but are you aware of it? Um, yeah, I, I obviously def, definitely don't care. Um, I'm not. I'm not like like too aware. I guess I don't look up at the thing too often, or to to try and see. Um, I try and look up to see what the actual game of the, the score of the game is. Um, but I don't, yeah, I mean, I obviously knew I'd <laughs> scored some points because I'd, I'd made a few shots and whatever, but um, not enough to, like, know exactly where I'm at or whatever. So. so I don't know how big a baseball fan you are, but in Major League Baseball, if a guy's... I'm not at all. Yeah, in Major League Baseball, there's a tradition. If a pitcher's throwing a no-hitter, then the other guys in the dugout aren't supposed to mention it to him. When you got a good night going shooting the ball, and you were six of eight for three, you missed the last one. So obviously you're six of seven going into that. Do guys on the team when you're out for a few minutes? Do the guys on the bench talk to you about that, or in the timeout, or does no one talk about that stuff? Somebody look at you and say, "Joe, you you're guys, on fire tonight." I thought you were going to say they bang on the wall with a uh, something when they when the defense changes. <laughs> That's nice. Um, That's a good one. <laughs> No, not really. I mean, you. I mean, you know, obviously, as an individual or whatever, as you're playing the game, like that, you've 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 made some shots and, um, not like I don't. We talk obviously on the bench. We talk about the what's going on in the game, and and even the guys from the bench. Every time we come out, it's like, hey, I think you can look at this option, or when you're going this way, they're trying to do this, or they're helping from here, and. Um, and offensively too, um, down the other end, and, and obviously defensively. Like, hey, I think you can, whatever it is, shade Curry to his left because he wants to try and get back to it, whatever it is. And um, we've got a really good team with um, realizing that, and um, obviously, uh, like we've said a bunch of times, a very high IQ bus, high IQ team. So um, everyone's obviously open to listen, and um, that's that's what we do. So, for years, you know, Joe was the math teacher. That's what people would go as the default thing to try to make fun of you as far as your production and the way you look and blah, blah, blah. And then Dwayne Casey came out and said, oh, yeah, people say he's a bartender, but no, he's playing like an all-star. What's your favorite other occupation that you've been compared to? 
I don't mind the bar. I don't mind the bartender actually because I think I'd actually be a really good bartender. You would um, have a lot of give well, and take cu- with the customers, I'm sure. My customers would enjoy. I definitely wouldn't like pour the right amount. I'd just freestyle and pour whatever they wanted. So I'd <laughs> probably get in trouble in trouble with my boss. But um, would you trash talk? I used to think like <laughs> I did. Used to think like the UPSs or whatever, like delivery driver thing was funny because I could actually picture myself like with the door open, like. Driving like imagine the beautiful weather and you got the door open and you just throw some boxes at people's front doors. <laughs> like, it'd be kind of fun. There you go. <laughs> but I'm never going to do any of them. So bad luck to everyone. Joe Ingles joining us here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Uh, listening to different people call the games, whether it's national TV, local TV, lock on radio. I'm curious, and they've kind of talked, speculated, maybe they know a little bit. What's the balance when you're running the offense between making the basketball play, you know, this guy's open, th- this is a better percentage shot, get to this guy here, or hey, we're attacking specific guys on defense. We know we want to get a matchup, and we want to go at that guy because he just can't stay in front of people. When you're running the offense, which of those ways do the Jazz tend to do it? Um, definitely more um, what the team's trying to achieve or whatever, not not so much the individual. Um, we've, I don't know, I don't know if it's like an unwritten rule or we just kind of do it ourselves, but... We, again, having a, a pretty smart team, um, we find ourselves getting in that situation a lot of actually just that individual, whoever it might be on that given night, trying to um, end up on the ball. Um, we do have a lot of stuff that we can play like guard-to-guard actions that they'll switch and then we can play with Rudy or, or whatever and um, <laughs> get the, the the worst defender or whatever we're trying to do involved. But um, we were talking about it I can't remember re- recently about doing that and I think the thing that can hurt you I think the thing that hurts other teams is you obsess about it too much it's like you, you every possession you're like looking for this guy and you're like forcing trying to get this guy like switched onto the ball and then you look up and there's six seconds on the clock and you've wasted a whole possession and then you really don't end up getting that good a shot anyway because you've wasted the whole possession trying to figure out who it is and defenses are smart you, know, you can hedge and you can hide guys in the court like, there's ways you can kind of get around it so um, I think if it happens naturally and it just kind of like, it just just kind of happens it's, it, it's a good thing uh, I think you, you, you want to attack the other team's weaknesses as a team or individually um, but yeah we've never obsessed over it which I think is a good thing since you moved in the starting lineup, the, the three-point shooting has just been record-breaking. Do you have any particular explanation as to why you're shooting the ball so freaking well? No, I don't. Like, I I mean, I've been asked it before, and, and obviously, like, coincidentally, the, the timing of it with going in the starting lineup, I, I mean, I would never, I'm never ever going to say that that's the reason I was shooting bad or I'm shooting well and playing well now because I'm starting like that's just not accurate I don't think it's like it's not fair on like Mike and coach and I accepted the role of, of what I accepted to, to come off the bench and help the team and I wasn't playing well and, and that was on me like it was like figure it out and, and I wanted to figure it out and um, when Mike ends up coming back if that's me again then like I'm going to figure it out like I think I'm 
I think I'm playing with more confidence than I was at the start of the year. Uh, I think at the start of the year with all the new guys, you're trying to figure out like where you get involved and where you can be aggressive and where you you kind of like sit back. And um, I probably I probably kind of similar to my first couple of years, like overpassed to to try and get Mike in, involved and getting comfortable and get Boyan involved and get them comfortable and. Um, Obviously, since Mike going out, I've had the ball in my hands a lot more, so that that um, has helped. But it's the, the confidence that comes with that to make plays and then to get an open shot and make it. And at the start of the year, I wasn't making shots, so you don't play with as much confidence because you, you're yeah. not as confident in it. So, um, yeah, I think just the, the really is the confidence that um, the level of confidence I'm playing with. You know, there are a lot of guys shooting the ball with confidence right now. you got four guys on the team shooting better than 40% from three. That is the, easily the best in the league. As a team, you're the best three-point shooting team in the league. So I'm wondering, is there a little competition among the four of you? You like to trash talk everybody. Does the minivan let you have it because he's shooting a little better from three on the season? Anything like that? I didn't even know there was four of us <laughs> shooting yeah. better than whatever you said, 40%. So um, maybe now there will be, but... Um, no, it's, I mean, it's, I, I knew as a team we were shooting well because the coaching staff had brought it up before that, like, look to take these shots because you guys are, like, as a team, we're, I think we're the best three point shooting team or you are best percentage on whatever attempts or something that's really good. So, um, like, why wouldn't we take them when we're shooting that well? Um, I think guys have, bought into their roles and are doing like like George knows coming in the game like you're not out there to get 10 rebounds like you're out there to shoot the ball in space of four so when you're out there and, and I think he his confidence he, I don't think some of the shots even last night he wouldn't have taken those shots a month ago or six weeks ago or two two months ago um, and you know like he knows what he's out there to do like if he Makes I don't think he I don't think he made his three last night, but if he makes one or two of them, he obviously will stay out there probably a little bit bit longer, and um, we'll run more stuff for him. And like it's just that's what what he knows he has to do, and that's what we expect him to do. So um, yeah, I think everyone just kind of buying into your roles and knowing what you're doing. I think our team's really really comfortable like in that in, in those situations right now. So on the broadcast, you could hear Coach Schneider saying, "What? What? What was going on? Why did he get it? Why did he get it?" And he was talking about your technical foul. <laughs> so what is the mystery? Can you reveal it? Why'd you get teed up, Joe? Well, I end up after that. After he did it, we had a timeout. I went to ask him like why he gave me it, and he didn't want to talk to me. He basically told me not to talk to him. So um, I think Coach spoke to him, and then later on in the game, something happened. And me and him actually started laughing at it. It was quite funny. And we started laughing. And then the timeout happened. So I was like, hey, can we talk now? Like, am I, <laughs> can I ask you a question? And he was like, yeah, yeah, um, So I'm not going to say what was said or what he thought was said, but he thought I said something different to what I said. So um, if he... If he had heard what he thought he heard, he deserved the technical. <laughs> um, I told him that it wasn't that, um, which wasn't a lie. I didn't say what he thought I said, but um, it wasn't what it was. Like it was, I thought I'd got fouled on the first play or the the drive with Kyrie. He was holding my arm the whole time while I was driving, and 
he was probably in the wrong, wrong angle to see it anyway, so I probably should have said it to someone else, but he did the moment, you do what you do, and um, I'll pay the 2500 bucks and keep it moving. So it was just a big, great misunderstanding. Yeah, it was a big understanding. We had a big laugh. We had, I usually laughed about it after that timeout because I was like, if I had said that, then, like, of course I would get a technical. Like, <laughs> I would expect to get a technical if I had said that, but I didn't. So Did- he was like, oh, no, no worries, like, that was all good. Did the word involve mother? Uh, no. Okay. I might have had a couple other words, but <laughs> they were so foreign to me that I didn't really know how to use them in the right context. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. That's Joe's story. I've heard you. He's sticking to it. Do you ever wonder if uh, Locke was wondering about this, Locke and Booner are wondering about this, if referees sometimes want to give players a tee early in the game so they don't have to listen to them the rest of the game? Because obviously, if you say anything after that, you get a second tee and you're out and you don't want that. So when you get one early, you've you got to tone it down a little bit. I think it definitely – I've said this before, and like when I was um, coming off the bench and stuff, that you, there, there's obviously not every – obviously they're, they're – generally are refereeing the same the same rules and all that but they don't individually ref exactly the same so um, you've you've got to you've got to see how the games are going to be played and I, I think even their coach Kenny Kenny got one last night um, and he was like he yelled at constantly the same thing but he wasn't like swearing but it was like it was the same referee he was like alright give him a team and like just like shut, like shut up and let's play the game kind of thing um, and like you said, no one wants to get thrown out because obviously as a player, you want to play and compete. And as a coach, they need to coach the game. So um, I definitely think you can you can read the game. Like uh, when I said what I said, which I didn't think deserved a certain call, and he gave me one, I was like, oh, we're in for a, a long night because that's how it's going to be. It's like it's going to be a tighter game. They're going to call, call things that they see and... Um, it's going to be like that, so you just you just adjust to, to kind of how the referees are going to call it. You don't have a choice, and they're uh, they're professionals, so they know what they're doing. So you got ten in a row, fifteen out of sixteen, and obviously those are incredible numbers. How do you not get caught up in that the win streak and and piling up all these wins and stay focused at the task at hand? Um, I don't know. You just. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't really think it's rocket science. We just do like it's. We felt good last night. We played a good game. We wake up today and head over to New Orleans and think about the the game there, and obviously start scouting and thinking about that. And every every game has got something kind of different. Um, like Kyrie being back. Um, the reports of like potentially Zion playing tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so every game's got something a little bit different, and you play teams that are lower, like record wise, and they've got something to play for, for for some reason. Like they've got a reason they're obviously playing hard individually or a team, and obviously the teams with good records and winning records are, are trying to stay as high as possible on the on their standing. So um, there's always like motive. There's always motivation going into a game to figure out what we need to do and how we can do it and to like if it's a, a, a Giannis or a LeBron whoever you're playing against in an individual kind of battle that your team's trying to win and um, there's, there's, it's not very hard to get motivated <laughs> I should say so how much 
attention did you pay to college basketball? How much do you know about Zion? I mean, the guy was a phenomenon and all that, but you're so into an NBA season, I never know how much time you guys have for that kind of stuff. Yeah, I actually got asked after the, after the game last night if I cared that he was going to potentially play or not. And I was like, no, because, uh, like, and that, no disrespect for him, but, like, I don't, if he plays, great. Like, I'm I'm really happy that he's he's healthy, first and foremost. He, you don't want to see anyone injured, and he was the number one pick, so it's exciting for the league and for New Orleans. And But, like, do I, do I care if he plays? Not really. Um, we, we were actually... I don't know how many how many games he played in preseason, but he played against us when we played them, um, yeah. and played proper minutes, played the full. I don't know what he played. He probably played twenty five, twenty eight minutes. Um, so we actually were one of the few teams in the league that's played against him. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited for him that he's back and that he's healthy because you don't want to see anyone injured. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's good for the league. So. As you're compiling all these impressive wins and you're doing great, there's been some reaction while they're doing it against teams that are not above 500. We've spoken to uh, to you about this. Uh, it, it, and, and it is, yeah, for sure, because as you say, every team has NBA players and all, and I, and I buy all that, and every road win is tough to get, and you, you accumulate them as many as you can. But you talk about how there's motivation out there, and each team, each guy has his own motivation. Teams have their motivations, whatever it might be. I'm wondering, when you get to that point, which is coming up before the All-Star break, when you play a bunch of teams that are above 500. Are you guys thinking that that could provide a motivation to where, hey, all right, yeah, we beat these teams, but we can also beat these teams too? For sure. Um, I think every win you get and every um, game you, you play well as a group, you, you gain a bit more confidence. And um, they asked me after the game about, like, do we think we're playing our best or is there things to improve on? Like, of course there is. There's, Last night we were, I think we got it out to 20 or close to 20 and they went on a run and got it back to 12 like within a minute. And right. It's like, well, we can watch that. Like, how, how can we stop that? Like, what, what do we need to do to be able to get a good shot or a good possession or a stop that um, that stops that? And obviously, yeah, like the, the record is, the, 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 the schedule is the schedule and team's record is what it is. Like we, people act like that was our choice that like we decided to play a bunch of Lower, lower place teams now to get ourselves going or something. It's like everyone, everyone has ups and downs in their schedule of like the ease of it and and how tough it can get. And um, you, you play who's in front of you. And there's like I said, the individual's motivation, team's motivation. Um, like like not one person down there trying to lose. If they're eight and thirty or thirty and zero, like whatever it is, it doesn't. Everyone's out there trying to win a basketball game. Every coach is trying to coach your team to win. And um, again, like I said, like I've said, like the NBA players are really good. Like regardless of if you're ranked number one by whoever ESPN or if you're ranked number 450, you're still a really good basketball player. So um, every every game's tough. Every, like I said, every game's got a different challenge or something involved in it. And like tomorrow, it's. It might be Zion if he, he ends up playing. Um, we had a, obviously had a pretty close game with him, um, whatever it was, 10 days ago. So, um, yeah, we'll, like I said, we'll switch to, to New Orleans now and, and get ready for that one. All right, Joe, we appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes in the midst of your travel schedule, and we'll see you when you get back to Utah. 
No worries. Thanks for having me. All right, Joe Ingles, join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Covering a lot of ground. You know, and I really buy what he says about every team has good players. I, told, and, I do too. And I know that some people hear that and kind of shake their head like, that team's just brutal. I think that a lot of the teams that are bad, it's it's not because of who they have. It's because of who they don't have. It's like you got to get, and you've really seen it as the Jazz have been you know, rebuilt here the last five to six years, that you have some guys who are NBA players that go to other teams and they contribute, but the group of guys you have at a particular time when you're not a good team, it's because you're missing pieces. You don't have a rim protector and a shot blocker. You don't have veteran leadership. You don't have continuity, maybe, which you know, can be a big plus. You don't have enough perimeter shooting. You're missing a skill set. And when you're missing one of those components that you need to be a good team, the other coaches are smart, and that's when Quinn Snyder and his coaching staff come up with a game plan and say, attack this team like this because they don't do this, whatever it is. You know, they don't have rim protectors. Hey, let's really attack the hoop tonight. You know, they know they don't have rim protectors. When you attack, they're going to collapse, and we're going to kick it out, and we're going to get a bunch of open threes. And as Joe just said, you need to take those open threes because you're really good at them. Don't pass them up and let them off the hook. So I think it's what's missing that makes teams bad, not so much who's there. Okay, that's fine. I don't have any problem with that, but I still think the Jazz have a lot to prove because it is the, the perception out there and the dialogue out there is, well, yeah, they have a – and it, it, it's guys in their own organization – I've heard. Mm-hmm. Okay, this was a great time to come together because if we didn't do it now, we were never going to do it because the schedule got really soft. Now, I've heard that inside the practice facility walls. This is what jazz people yeah. are saying about yes. the jazz because yes. they look at the schedule too. Yes, yes. So with that in mind, and you've brought up the schedule, uh, uh-huh. I think they have uh, 13 games left before the All-Star break. I, I, I don't. I don't some, I'll take some, your word for it. Well, I'm yeah. writing on it, so I looked it up last okay. night. Okay, and I think eight or nine of them. I have to double check. Are against teams above 500. Eight for sure. I yeah. can name eight of them right, just right. from looking at the schedule and the fact that there's a bunch of teams in the West they haven't seen, and right. they're going to get home and homes with them. So they're going to have to prove themselves against those teams, and it goes back to what we said about the youth football team this year. That was the big narrative against those guys all season long: who they played, who they played, who they played, and then they bombed at the end. I mean, you can't deny it; they bombed at the end. So if the Jazz. At least minimally go 500 against eight games, so it's easy. This is eight. Mm-hmm. If you go four and four, well, then you will have beaten them. None of us expect you to beat all of them all the time. But if you can go four and four, all right, well, we held our own, and then we feasted on these other cupcakes, and we still got a really good record. But if you don't go at least four and four, then it's going to be a big old, ah, well, see, we told you. So that's the motivation that they have. Okay, so we got to go to break. When we come back, will they go four and four in those games? We make our predictions, and we explain to you, why we think. I think the answer to that question is really obvious. If you've been paying attention to everything that's happened up to this point, I think it's an easy explanation. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz pick up another win. Ten in a row now. 
They are 28 and 12 on the air, all alone in second place in the West after beating Brooklyn 118 to 107. Joe Ingles ties a career high with 27 points. Donovan Mitchell at 25, and Rudy Gobert with a huge game, 22 points and 18 rebounds. Jazz and the Pelicans tomorrow night, six o'clock on AT&T Sportsnet in New Orleans. Elsewhere in the NBA, the Grizzlies have won six in a row. Memphis beat Houston 121 to 110, but Westbrook did not play in that game as the Rockets prepare to go back to back. They face Portland tonight. You can watch the game at 7.30 on ESPN. 43 points for Kawhi Leonard. The Clippers take down the Cavaliers 129 to 103. And the Boston Red Sox manager Alex Cora mutually agreed to part ways as Major League Baseball's investigation into the club's alleged use of video equipment to steal signs continues. Top of the wire brought to you by Ken Garf. Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Get a new Jeep or Ram for less at Ken Garf West Valley. Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Visit them today. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Purchase a Ford fan zone. All you need ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dog, soda, popcorn, nachos, ice cream, starting as low as $37 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford fans on all you need tickets now. What are you giggling about? Oh, Locke. What's he? He's so he's too much sometimes. Rudy Gobert had a triple double last night. 22 points, 18 rebounds, and 10 screen assists. Stop it. <laughs> Hey, Quinn Snyder wants them to be part of the stat sheet. They are. He's getting $25 million. So. Good point. <laughs> it's just, you do Gobert a disservice by constantly pumping him. Because it should be understood. If you don't understand, then you're the fool. Not me. Not Rudy. I can't convince you of his greatness. You already need to know it. I get your point, but you have to convince the whole world to think like that because that's no, not how that's the, world the truth. Thinks. No, you don't. <laughs> the world does think like that. Yeah, it does. You you don't need to. Once somebody tells you about something, they get turned off. If you're that great, it's it speaks for itself. I could come in here and every day and say I am the best multimedia guy in this state. I write. I do television. I do it. I'm awesome. But you rarely have me saying how awesome I am. I hardly ever tell you how awesome I am. And I'm really awesome. Do you understand me? Nope. I can't follow this. <laughs> People think I'm serious. That's what cracks me up. <laughs> True story. I'm sitting across from you. And I know you about as well as... How many people in this state know, know you as well as I do? Five? I would say two. <laughs> Gordon knows you pretty well. I, I included your, your wife knows you pretty well. Hence, too. That was it? Okay, I got it right. I didn't know, but there's somebody else. Somebody in the hood. And sometimes I can't tell. Sometimes I can't tell in the moment. I just know from past history. It looks real, but it isn't really real. So you can't expect somebody who hasn't met you, who's on I-15, to know. I'm just messing around there. I'm not awesome. No, I knew that time. Actually, you are awesome. But you don't need to explain Gobert's awesomeness. It speaks for itself. 
But there are layers of awesomeness that if you're not watching the jazz all the time, I was just thinking about this when we were talking about the All-Stars. Like, I know the Joker in Denver is really good. Jokic is really good. Uh But I bet if I watched more Nuggets basketball, and if I see 10 Nuggets games in a year, that would be a big year. If I watch more, I'd probably appreciate even more stuff about him I don't know. But sure, but the people who need to know know. And the people who don't know or need to know, you're not going to get them to say, "Wow, yeah, you're right." You're not going to convince them. Well, not the people who are dug in against it, but the people who aren't just quite aware, you can call their attention no. to it. The people who need to know, no. It's like advertising works on some level, but it doesn't, you know, they can't sell new Coke because it's terrible. The people who need to know, they already know. Gobert needs no more convincing, no more evidence. It's there. Everybody who needs to know and should know, knows. Marion Maine doesn't know, but who cares? <laughs> Mary in Maine. What are you picking on her for? <laughs> All right. Before the break, we were talking, uh, and, and you're getting ready to write one of the stories you do for the column that appears on you know a gazillion websites across the state about the Jazz win streak. And obviously, they're playing teams that aren't playoff teams. They're playing teams with losing records. What's going to happen? And you were saying, when they get to this stretch, and they're almost to it. It starts the 20th with the Pacers, and then they'll have a home-and-home home with the Rockets and home-and-home home with the Nuggets and home-and-home home with the Mavericks, and they haven't seen these teams yet. No. And then they've got Miami, who they played a really good game with. That's the only game they've lost in the last 15. That, that game in Miami is a three- or four-point game, right? Yeah, it was close. And, so, and they didn't have Clarkson yet. That was Jeff Green's last game, and the Clarkson trade was still to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it'll be home where they're just better, although they're very good on the road right they're now. They're going to win that game. Yeah, I think so, too. I ain't even wearing a sweatshirt. <laughs> you know, that's like the thing. Like, how close is it? Oh, it's close enough. He's got to wear the hoodie. Yeah. So of those eight, are they going to split them? And I would say that's the floor. Because they've been, before they made these deals and changed the thing around and gave Niang a bigger role, brought Clarkson in, which was obviously a huge move. Uh, Moutier has been putting you in a good mood now for a while. He's been playing better and better. It's incremental improvement. He's Andre Miller Light, And over time, it's substantial. It's not any one week where suddenly he was that much play better. played in the first half, last, or first quarter. That was a big play, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Slipping at, a little bit. The... Um, uh, Quinn after the game, obviously every bucket counts two or three points, but some buckets are bigger because our momentum plays. Yeah. It's a 30-point quarter. It's a five-point lead. And he just steps in there, grabs that grabs that pass. Mm-hmm. Pass was just a little on the lazy side, floated a little bit. He read it. Boom. Stick the three, and there you go. And I believe those situations, shooters become better shooters. Players become better shooters. Got Because shoot there's it, right? no, no decision. You can't no. pass it. You don't have time to drive. You just got to grab it. Like I sucked as a hitter, but the coach would put the hit and run on me because it took my uh, my constant overthinking out of it. <laughs> you just had to swing. Got to swing, man. There's no doubt about yeah. it. We see it so many times up against shot clocks and whatnot. He just steps back as if he was freaking Bogdanovich himself. Before... They made these moves, and the bench play improved so dramatically. Before they did that, they split home and home with Milwaukee. They split home and home with Philadelphia. They split different team, but yeah, they split with the Thunder. Uh, they did. They did go zero and two against the Lakers. They went two and one against the Clippers. And you mix in some stuff. One of those Clipper wins. 
Uh, Kawhi Leonard didn't play, and Paul George missed it. Now, in one of the wins, in one of the Jazz wins, they both played. But in another one, neither one of them played. The biggest win of the stretch. Bogdanovich didn't play, obviously, in one of the losses to the Lakers. Game two. So that stuff washes out. So they were already basically 500 against playoff teams before they made these moves. And we know they're playing better now. And we know the bench is better now. Locke has been making the point during his broadcast. The starters have been consistently outscoring the guys they're going against. The difference is now, instead of the bench coming in and giving up an 8-2 run or a 10-3 run, and the starters have to dig out of that hole, the bench is holding its own or winning, and it's making life even easier for the starters. And that's why they're on the road winning by double digits. All right, so I say right off the bat there, it starts Monday because they've got two more games left against under 500 in consecutively, and that's tomorrow against the Pelicans. Although with Zion, that if he returns, that I don't know necessarily it elevates him, but it elevates the team emotionally because I don't know you can expect them to come in and just dominate. But nevertheless, I, I don't. But I'm with you on the emotion, that, and that so that's a big game. And then they got Sacramento here on Saturday. They should get kicked the crap out of them. And then Indiana, and then the Warriors put the Warriors off the side at home. So I'm expecting them. That's at Golden State, by the way. But anyway, I'm expecting them to beat to win their home games, which is Indiana, Dallas, and Houston. And then they go on the road back to back to close out the month. Uh, San Antonio, Denver. That's tough. San Antonio is one of these hit or miss teams, but so you got to get that San Antonio win, and then the Denver one back to back. That's a decent flight from because you're going from South Texas all the way up to there North Colorado. You, you'll Northern get in Colorado. Late. Yeah, so that that's difficult. Uh, but then you should come home and beat Portland, uh, and then. Denver after so you get uh, you get uh, on the first you get Portland and then not until the fifth so you have three days off at home against Denver so you should beat them so I got you splitting with Denver mm-hmm. uh, beating Portland uh, splitting with Dallas Houston Dallas well that's a back to back it Dallas. is a back to back but it's a Sunday a little earlier because Sunday games tend to be a little earlier they do and it's not a long flight from Houston to Dallas so while you will play back to back you will not have your sleep messed with you shouldn't I mean, but I don't trust Bogdanovich from what I understand he's a big time partier <laughs> just making stuff up <laughs> just making stuff up we must party <laughs> Do you want to party? I do. How about you? That's what I've heard. I don't know. I mean, bogey on the dance floor. I mean, just uh, something. So maybe a split there and then beat Miami. And then you got, uh, you basically have Miami's 10 days at home. off. Miami's at home with the day off coming back from Texas, yeah. so that's not a bad sign. Oh, and, and now Spolstra, what? when he gets a Salt Lake, he goes <laughs> berserk. <laughs> got to keep bogey and Spolstra apart. Yeah. Yes. He just... Like seriously, the Filipino community—it's an under-publicized community here in Salt Lake—and he gets with his own people and just the, goes berserk. The random stuff you—he's come he's up partially with. Filipino, isn't he? <laughs> the random stuff, man. <laughs> Telefino, totally, totally nonsensical, out of thin air. <laughs> it's the truth. That's it's under-publicized. It's kind of an underground. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. So that Miami will be off its game, 
And I don't know who else is going back to back. I haven't checked any of their other you haven't schedules. Checked them, right? Nor will I. And then that's you've for also, nerd boy. That's where then you come you've in. also got to. I haven't done it either. I know, I've, but you I've, will I've, do it. Maybe at some point. Uh, and then you got to figure out well, which games our team's going to be full strength at, and where our team's going to be resting guys. So you're thinking a little better than 500. I'm thinking. Yeah, I put it at the minimum. Right. We agree. So at minimum 500, because that's what they've been doing for the first 10 or so games, whatever it is that they've played against high quality competition. I mean, but, even the Lakers lost four in a row. Right. Of the seven they've lost all year. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're all that in a bag of chips, right? Yeah. So I, I don't expect them to just have smooth sailing for the next uh, 42 games. If they go for the next 42 games, if they go 38 and 4, I'd be really impressed. Thanks. Thanks, PK. <laughs> How about you guys? Yeah. Pretty I'm good. on board. Well, you never know. I was the one on Monday you know. who had lofty expectations. This is true. Yeah. You had them going what? You had them 12 and 8 after 20. Yep. <laughs> What's that for? Cuz that sucked. 12 and 8 after 20 did not. It wasn't good enough. They, by their own acknowledgement, it was perceived that they underachieved in their first 20. Right, but nonetheless, I knew they were going to do that. I didn't buy the hype. I did. I said they were going to go 12 and 8, and they went 12 and 8. I, I know, but by their own acknowledgement, they needed to do better. They, they believed they underachieved. Right. Well, and maybe how they got to 12 and 8 was surprising, if you want to go with that. That, that some people weren't contributing at all, and some people were contributing a little more than they expected. Well, now you look back, and it's obvious. Right. Exactly. So In the middle of it, maybe you couldn't see it. And, that, and uh, Nor did I predict that. But it's like your first marriage. You look back, and you think, what was I doing? You know? <laughs> Again, you couldn't it. see it at the time, but you've told me, hey, you learned. You got married young. Your hormones were raging. You did what you yeah, did. That's, that's the hat trick. You right know what there. I mean? That's it happens, hat- right? It happens. Things happen. You know what I'm saying? That's the hat trick. Love happens. Bogdanovich party, Spolstra, uh, the, the Filipino trip, community, the Filipino community, and mm-hmm. then my first marriage. So it's the hat trick for that. But you, the point is, sometimes you can't see it in the middle of it, and you need some time. Right. And so jazz management got to that point where they obviously saw it, and then made substantial changes. And I had heard they were going to make substantial changes. I did not know what they were. But I came in here and said, they're going to make substantial changes. Absolutely. And I think they did. They did. Do you think even they knew what they were going to do? See, I think you heard Uh, that. To a point. I mean, at a point they did. What point? I don't know. I think they knew on their roster, they had identified what they thought were weak links, and Uh they were going to make changes there. What I think they didn't know is, who were they going to be able to bring in? Uh, Not not to a point, yeah. Right. And I don't know what point. Because I think... I think at least a couple weeks before they did it, and maybe even more than that, they knew, hey, we need to do something in this area. The bench. I mean, they knew they needed to improve the bench. Oh, for sure. But I didn't catch the Jeff Green stuff until way late in the process. And obviously that had been building. Yes. But that was bold. I knew that had been an issue. I didn't know it was going to be an issue to the point that they would cut him. Oh, me? No. That they would cut him. I did not know that. If he had been in a deal, in a trade, I wouldn't have been surprised at all. But the the cutting. The outright cutting, yeah. The outright cutting, that surprised me. That's bold. There was, I'll tell you a bunch of stuff I thought I knew was coming, and there is, I just, I did not know that was coming. That's why I am jacked 
for getting to next Monday. And I'm jacked for every game because they're winning and it's fun to watch them win. Um, but I'm jacked for them to get those teams, particularly the teams in the West, the Denver twice, uh, what the, the Houston twice, and the, the, all that stuff that you said. Denver, Houston, Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Three teams haven't seen yet, and they get them. They get them all twice. But when you play them that close together, you often tend to split. So I'm, I don't want to get too far. They could go above five hundred okay, yeah, these eight games split with them, but then beat a bunch of those other teams. Oh, I expect them to keep beating teams that are below five hundred. Yeah, I don't. That's not much of a discussion. Okay, so they uh, may occasionally so drop you got one. But it'll be games until the break on February twelfth. I'm, I'm more so intrigued in how they do in those eight. Do they beat go Indiana? nine and five? Do they beat Indiana and Miami? In those thirteen games, go nine and five. That's 14, of course. You did that on purpose. Yeah, but then you lead into the All-Star break is what I'm saying. You follow me? <laughs> sort of. All right, so 8-4. and four. They will still Go be. Go 8-4 in those 13. Again, you're just screwing with me here. This is great. I don't want 8-6. and six. What's that equal? So Indiana, nerd boy striking. When Indiana comes in, they will be on the second night of a back-to-back having See, just played you, in Denver. I knew you couldn't, you couldn't Having help just played in Denver. That's why I can put my feet up. <laughs> I'll do it for you. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Pace Mannion, former Ute, former jazz player, former 1280 The Zone host, now living in his Arizona. And his son Nico is starting for the Arizona Wildcats. He's a freshman. Boo. Utah's playing Arizona Thursday. Go Utes. Oh, that's tomorrow. Well, we ought to have pace on today. Thank goodness we're going to do that in 15 minutes on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Big Show show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? From Sports Illustrated, our friend Chris Maddox. I saw you tweeting about Joe Ingles. Will you talk about how he's playing right now, especially since moving into the starting lineup? He's been great. He's so reliable as a playmaker, and that's something that, with Conley out of the lineup, this team so desperately needs. Whether it's in transition, making the right pass, or just keeping the ball moving and getting that hockey assist, you could always rely on him to be that guy. Just the way this lineup shakes out, if you don't have that type of player, your offense is really going to stagnate. You're not going to be putting up the type of numbers they've been putting up, so he's become an invaluable part of this team's lineup, even more so with the point guard situation being like Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. We've been telling you all week, today's your chance to win tickets to the Black Crows. Chris and Rich Robinson reuniting 30-year anniversary celebration of their landmark quintuple platinum debut album, Shake Your Moneymaker. It's the 2020 World Tour, and you can see them play the album in its entirety, plus all the hits, when they come to USANA Amphitheater on Tuesday, September 1st. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com and try to win them right now. This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. 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 Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. And you'll win tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 855-340-ZONE. Is he still with uh, Kate Hudson? That's a great question, actually. 855-340-ZONE. Call right now. Be caller 12 and win tickets. Maybe you can ask him if you go to the show. 
Larry Fitzgerald announcing he's coming back for a 17th season. Were they sweating that in Arizona? Well, he's been like Jerry Sloan was like the last few years. It was always year to year. Yep. So I don't know to what degree they were sweating it. I think uh, they thought maybe when Carson Palmer stepped aside because uh, they weren't really sure what they had, but now they, they like this uh, Kyler Murray kid thinking that he's going to be something. I, mean, I think they only won three games this year, though, didn't they? Or they win more than that. I, uh, I want to say they were 6-10. and ten. Oh, they had a tie in there. And that'll mess up 6-10 and because you're right. 6-9-1. and one. I think they tied Detroit earlier in the season. 5-10-1. and 5-10-1? Yep. Okay. Long tough, way to go. They're in a tough division. Tough division, right? <laughs> Everybody else had a winning record. The Rams missed the playoffs at 9-7, and seven, widely viewed to have underachieved. Yeah. And then the other the other two teams, uh, San Francisco, thirteen and three, hosting the NFC title game, and Seattle, eleven and five. But he's been a real hero down there in the valley. Oh yeah, big time. Phoenix is Tony Gwynn. Utah's John Stockton. I would say uh, bigger bigger than Stockton and Malone. Baltimore's Cal Ripken. Oh really? Stockton and Malone had each other. Fitzgerald hasn't had somebody like that. No, because Kurt Warner got there at the end. Right. But he's the guy, wildly popular. All right, he's back. All right, the uh, people are hitting us up on uh, Twitter here. Um, we got questions. We got questions for Pace about the investigation in Arizona. Yeah, see, that flies into this whole deal of cheating, too. What is acceptable form of cheating? Paying players at the highest level. I mean, we've had national guys on saying, yeah, there's a certain uh, certain conference in the southeastern part of the country and everybody knows what's going on. Clearly alluding to cheating and the SEC. And they well, that's in went, football. They just went 8-2 and two in bowl games. But in basketball. And won the title. In, bas- in basketball, I don't think anything that just happened was brand new. It was the way business was being done largely. Doesn't make it right. It was cheating. But on the other hand, it was kind of right because everybody knew and nobody was saying anything and guys were getting paid. So, yeah, so we're going to be outraged on the uh, Sox and uh, Astros? Yes. <laughs> Fine. But. We looked the other way on this and that. Sure. We looked the other way for years on well, steroids. There's no way that, bon, uh, who was it, Sosa and McGuire were going berserk for just because they were that good. I think it's the difference with the Patriots uh, between Spygate and Deflategate. That Spygate was unacceptable. They were using video and taping practices and that kind of stuff. And basically... I mean, it's different sports. It's not exactly the same, but it's pretty comparable to what the Astros and the Red Sox were doing. Deflate game, okay. lots of quarterbacks like the way the ball feels. It's a mental thing. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, that so you justify cheating whatever, right. you, whatever your personal conscience is. Yeah, that struck me as making a mountain out of a molehill. But the fact is, it was a molehill. It wasn't perfectly legal. She's not showing me enough love, so of course my eyes are wandering. DJ and PK. What justification do we have? We have none, but we have to go to break because Pace is joining us next. Speaking of justification. Nico Mannion's dad. <laughs> Nico and the Arizona Wildcats are facing the Utes. We'll talk with the former 1280 The Zone host next. Stay with us.